This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. If you give five bucks a month, you get ad-free episodes of this show. You can also listen to it on YouTube on the Friendly Atheist channel. And Jessica is back. I'm back. Do you have a new hoodie, actually, more mm, excitingly? I 100% do not have any <laughs> new clothing for years. Uh, How yeah, was your trip? It was incredible. So I uh, went uh, for five days, well, I was gone for a little more than a week to um, Missoula, Montana, and then down to Darby, Montana, um, to a ranch I used to work at uh, when I was in my 20s called Triple Creek, and it's the fanciest place in the entire fucking world, and um, my husband and I went back, um, scraped together all of her pennies, and it was like the best week ever. It's like an all-inclusive range, so on horseback riding, all your drinks and food are included. We went dog sledding. Hemet, dog sledding, huh? Sounds horrible. It was really loud and cold, so probably nothing that you're interested in. Um, but it was just this like magical week. I was so nervous to go back because it was a bunch of people I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, but I want to, I have more thoughts and reflections, and I'm going to save that for the bonus episode. So as not to bore <laughs> the normies out here. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, because last week I chatted with uh, Kristen Dumay, and oh, yeah. that interview was online, there's like two weeks worth of stories we have not talked about. Yeah, and I've been, and I cannot, like, there's no cell service at the ranch I was at. So I am fully offline. I've been back since Tuesday morning or late Monday night, but like. I'm jealous that that's a possibility. I know. So I know, here's what I know happened. Something, something Harvard professor. Something, something <laughs> Tesla. Something, something book that a journalist should have written, should have Reported, reported on. on instead of written in a book. Yes. Um, Don't worry. None of those are covered here. <laughs> okay. Let's. Those are the only things that broke through. Excellent. This. No. Let me start with this because it's not well, something. Really something. Serious. Stock market. I'm Meta, sure. I'm sure. Apple fucked up. Yeah, that okay. sounds about right. Okay. Evergreen stories. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> this one. I don't think this story is that important, but it just made me laugh because it actually touches on something we've talked about before. Uh Uh, A Catholic priest, I believe he's out of Arizona, Phoenix, uh, Father Andres Arango, Mm -hmm. he resigned this month. And you and I just want to read you. You didn't say resign in disgrace, did you? I I I said resigned. I said resigned. And there's there was an article about. Uh, his resignation, mm-hmm. and he said, let me see if I can get this, Dias, the diocese officials did not disclose how many people are affected by the discovery. The discovery? Yeah. Capital T, capital D? Right, like sounds mm-hmm. scary. The priest who resigned said, I deeply regret my error and how this has affected numerous people. He said that as he's resigning, Okay. So it's like, holy crap, what did this guy do? So the last big error I committed was I, my bag had a limit of 50 pounds, and it was like 53 pounds. So a similar error, I assume, <laughs> right? Yes, totally <laughs> grievous. You need to lose your job because what have you done? Here's what he did. I'm, th- I'm not joking. This is what he did. This guy for so years excited. committed, I mean, he did baptisms. That's part of his job. He's a priest. Um, when he was doing it, He said during the baptism, uh, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Sure. And that's it. I just told you what he did wrong. Wait, what? Yeah. I was writing notes, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what I say, right? Holy Ghost? 
Was that uh, the thing that's wrong? No, no. Okay. Holy Spirit is acceptable. Did he do the cross the wrong way on his like left <laughs> shoulder instead of the right one first? Well, he said, we baptize you. Oh. And the Catholic Church says, excuse me, the oh. language is I baptize you because only God baptizes you and you're speaking on behalf of God. Oh. There is no we in this calculation. We do not baptize you. Therefore, the argument here is that every baptism this guy did doesn't count. Have which we means, talked about this gentleman oh, before? Yeah. Okay. No, we have no? not. I'll get but to what you're story? thinking of. Okay. Yeah. So basically, everyone this guy baptized was not really baptized, which means a bunch of people are at the risk of going to hell. You hate to see it. I know. And so the thing I love a petty God who would send you to hell on a technicality <laughs> that you didn't even commit. Right. Mwah, gorgeous. The, the, Dedicate your life to this gentleman. The thing you are thinking of, which okay. is the thing I was thinking of, because my first thought was, oh, I thought we covered this story yeah. a while back. No, actually, in 2020, there was a guy named Father Matthew Hood, another priest. I think he's out of Detroit. Uh-huh. And what happened with him is he is a priest who does the baptisms the quote right way. Uh-huh. But he was visiting his dad, I guess, and they found old camcorder recordings of his own baptism. And oh, he discovered yeah. that the priest who baptized him as a child also said, we yeah. baptize you instead of I baptize you, which means he was never actually baptized, according to the Catholic Church, oh which God. means, I mean, he can't really do all the baptisms as a priest, because why would he be a priest? Because he was never baptized. Therefore, all the baptisms he did were invalid mm. by, like, the law of transition. I don't remember. Transitive property. Thank you. I'm a math You're teacher a math once. teacher. What the so, fuck? So, therefore, his baptisms were invalid, and the ripple effects of that other priest from 30 years ago were wow. being felt, and that's when the Catholic Church crumbled. You see? <laughs> So that's Sorry. when we, we discussed that's that. When the, the <laughs> yes. It's not the abuse, it's this. Uh-huh. But it also means like in the confession booth, like if someone confessed their sins to this priest, mm-hmm. uh, Matthew Hood from two years ago, like, and he was supposed to forgive them on behalf mm-hmm. of God and absolve you of your sins if you do the following, uh, you have no business doing that because you ain't an actual priest. Ay, 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 and this ay, goes ay, on ay. for a while. That was a couple years ago. The guy now basically. The church in Phoenix is trying to contact everyone he may have baptized, Uh saying, listen, you need to come back right now. Uh, There's been a recall. The stakes have never been higher. Uh Um, But basically, (laughs) this priest has resigned his position because he's like, oh, man, I totally effed up. Wait, so he's been doing this for years? A couple of years. I think he started in Phoenix in 2017. So there's at least a few years worth of baptisms that don't count. Uh, Okay. I mean... Yep, and so? the church is, <laughs> so fucking I, what? dude, I, I'm right there with you. It's like, listen, he meant it. He he did the thing in spirit. It's all a symbolic gesture anyway. Yeah. Obviously, they take it literally seriously. Yeah. And, but to, I just want to note how absurd it is that this, to them, yeah. is this huge deal breaker. If, he, he's if, gotten in more trouble over saying the two-letter word 
instead of the one letter word than most priests get for like sexually abusing kids. It's it's taking a bad situation mm-hmm. and focusing on the least consequential part of it. Yes. Yeah. And treating that as a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the problem here. Like of all the problems in the Catholic Church, yeah. this isn't the one uh-huh. anyone outside the bubble cares about. Right. But among Catholics, obviously, huge deal. That's the issue. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Sorry if you can hear my dog in the background. She lost a bone near a stair and is perplexed. Yeesh. (laughs) Um, Let me jump to what happened with the Mormon church this week, because there's a scandal of their own over there. Really? Yes. Here's the story here. I'm going to try to explain this as best I can. There is a Mormon leader by the name of Brad Wilcox, who's been a Mormon leader for a long time. He helps run their like youth stuff in the Mormon church. He's one of the higher ups that runs what young Mormons learn across the world. Mm -hmm. So it's a big deal when this guy talks. Um, So this past week he was speaking at what's known as a fireside, this like Mm -hmm. informal sort of uh, meeting. Oh, his technical title is second counselor in the young men general presidency Fancy title because he's a higher up in the hierarchy. I think it's so funny Not that the all point. these Mormon people have <laughs> extremely long titles. And it's like, your religion's only like 150 years old. You can like trim those down, bud. Like, Hold you're those. not beholden to anything. <laughs> Hold that thought for a second. Oh, you so, think that's not the important part? I know, right? Uh, so he was talking, I'm going to quote the thing he said. You know, we live in a time where a lot of people get uptight about priesthood issues. You know, it's one of the most glorious things we have in the church, and yet people want to sit and fight about it. Just to give him the the steel man argument here, he's mm-hmm. saying, of all the problems, you guys are nitpicking about small ones. Not you guys, like everyone in general. Right. You're picking on small issues about doctrinal smaller things, mm-hmm. but you're missing the bigger picture, which, okay, fine. I get why he would say that sort of thing. Um, And then he added, and this is the part that pissed off a lot of even believing Mormons. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't mean to oversimplify a complex issue, but I sure think we make it a little harder than it needs to be. And then he goes into this like voice where Mm -hmm. he's trying to be the audience. How come the blacks didn't get the priesthood until 1978? What's up with that, Brother Wilcox? What, Brigham Young was a jerk? Members of the church were prejudiced? So he's saying those are those are the complaints people might make. You yeah. know, how come the Mormon Church didn't let black people into the priesthood I until 1978? Take thinking that he was blaming black people on it. No, no, no. He's not blaming them for it. He's yeah. saying you all yeah, yeah. are picking on us, right. Because of that issue, right? And here's his defense oh, of why that's not really a big issue. Maybe he says, maybe maybe we're asking the wrong question. Uh-oh. Maybe instead of saying, "Why did the blacks have to wait <laughs> until 1978?" Maybe what we should be asking is, "Why did the whites and no. other races have to wait until 1829?" Oh no! Dot dot dot. When you look at it like that, then instead of trying to feel like you have to figure out God's timeline, we can just be grateful. I think what he's trying to get at... Oh, my Christ. They can't hear themselves. <laughs> what about the white people, though? I that's, know. What about the white the people, That's the real problem though, I'm always having. Which, ironically, that was the title of his talk, so they should have figured <laughs> that one out. But yeah, there is a legitimate complaint that the Mormon church, like, a decade ago, I... apologized for, because they're like, look, you guys... 
this was a totally racist thing we did and we were wrong and we're trying to make up for it now. Like they, they formally imagine the more of the Catholic Church saying, listen, that whole baptism thing, we took it way too seriously. Uh-huh. We're issuing this blanket statement signed by the Pope. Uh-huh. Like the Mormon Church did that and said, look, we were racist. It was wrong, no matter uh-huh. what the justifications we offered were. We're trying to do better, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whether they did that See or not. our one black people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So this Things guy... Things change around here. This guy is saying, you all bring that up, but the bigger issue is, why did, you know, the white people have to wait until 1829 to become priests? Because what was happening until then? Because mm-hmm. God made us wait until the Mormon church was established to, mm-hmm. to do this mm-hmm. sort of thing. But obviously, he's taking this legit racist thing that the Mormon Church did mm-hmm. and turning it into, well, what about white people? How come we aren't thinking you about You forgot that? the real victims again, yes. Hammond. Uh, it's like the all lives matter of the Mormon Church. 12,000%. Right it's because, for some reason, Chris, like religion makes people crazy narcissists, even though the idea of religion is supposed to be the opposite of that, I think. Here, so there's a couple nuances here. I'm going to try to get into that's the That's the headline. Yeah. Of what happened. Now let's get into some of the backlash that's ensued. Okay. First of all, Wilcox himself posted this on Facebook. My dear friends, I made a serious mistake last <laughs> night, and I'm truly sorry. The <clears throat> illustration I attempted to use about the timing of the revelation on the priesthood for black members was wrong. I reviewed what I said, and I recognize that what I hope to express about trusting God's timing did not come through as I intended to those I offended, especially my dear black friends. I offer my sincere apologies. I ask for your uh, forgiveness. I am committed to do better. Okay, whatever. Um, aye, 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 aye. So the thing that a lot of people are really upset about, if you are a believing Mormon, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the rhetorical thing of, well, what about the white people? That is a problem. But their argument is, We've tried really hard as Mormons to let the world know, yeah, we have this racist past, Mm -hmm. but we're not like that now. Mm -hmm. And also, this guy who is in the Mormon hierarchy should understand that this is not God telling us, Heavenly Father telling us to be racist. This was a man-made problem that we allowed to fester And we've tried to fix it. And one of the things they pointed out is in 1978, yes, the Mormon president at the time said he got a revelation Mm. that opened the priesthood to all eligible men only, no women. God was paying real close attention to that. (laughs) But in fact, when after the Mormon church was first established, they said there were black priests in the Mormon church in its like infancy. It wasn't until 1852 when Brigham Young, who was the president at the time, specifically said no black people allowed in the priesthood. Like, is that verifiable? Were there black priests? Yes. Really? Um, So like they basically said, you're missing the point. It wasn't God made black people wait until 1978, but he also made white people wait until like 18 whatever. It's that the Mormon church was fine with black priests until our, until Brigham Young did Mm -hmm. something totally racist. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to fix that now. How come this guy who's one of the leaders in the Mormon church doesn't know our own history Mm -hmm. when it comes to our racist past (laughs) of all the people like he should know that. And he, basically acted like there were no black priests. You're erasing the black priests that did exist in the mm. Mormon church until our racist policies said no. I mean, it really is a good microcosm of like the U.S. educational system, isn't it? Like of this whole, like thing about critical race theory of, oh, people are afraid of it. But like we need to understand our past 
if we need to have a, if we can have a full scope of like how we got to where we are. And I did not know the thing about mm-hmm. black priests. And that makes a huge difference in the context of the early Mormon church. Like right. a huge difference. So, and the argument from believing Mormons is it's not the church that is racist. It's the people in the church who are fallible, who need to be called out sure. for what they did wrong. Ugh. And that's their best. I think, I hope that's what they're saying. This is the, uh, idea that we're trying to put forward yeah. and for this guy in leadership to just eradicate all of that and yeah. just ignore it or be ignorant of it yeah. is wrong. And I can see how that's appealing to like modern Mormons of saying like, Hey, it's not the church that's rotten. It was the, the, the fallible humans yes. who, who do it, who were misinterpreting God's word, but don't worry, we got it now this time, <laughs> this time we're for sure. Right. Right. Um, it also didn't help, obviously, that he referred to black people as the blacks, which is yeah, weird. That's Happy Black a, History Month, everyone. Yeah, that's a pretty strong red flag if somebody um, says the blacks. Yeah. Uh, one or per- a black. Someone on Oof. Twitter put this really well, uh, mocking what he said. Why did blacks have to wait until 1955 to ride in the front of the bus? The real question is, why did whites have to write, wait so long to ride a bus at all? The bus wasn't even invented until 1895. Like, and then that's very funny yeah here's another thing yeah. it turns out someone there was video online since deleted where wilcox said the exact same thing no. two years ago to a different crowd did he say the blacks again uh i believe yes. like it was as verbatim as you could get oh, even nice. though it's a different speech <laughs> it's like oh he, he's done this before yeah, this is rote and this no one called him out on it enough to the point where he's like, oh, I should change what I'm doing. So what you're saying is it wasn't a slip of the tongue. It right. wasn't a, a gentle misunderstanding. It was something that he has been believing and pounding into people for years and years. Weird. Uh-huh. That's so strange that that happens. By the way, this guy also teaches religion, like ancient religion at Brigham Young University. He's a professor. Again, if the question is, why did you not know about the church's history? He's a professor. At BYU. That's not great. BYU, and, by the way, responded to this controversy by saying, we appreciate his sincere apology. I really hope that when you go into a, it's called Ancient Religions. If I you go into an Ancient class. Religions course at Brigham, Brigham Young, they're like, the dawn of man, 1862. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I truly right. believe that that's where they think history starts. I know it's not. You guys don't. Early 19th century. Yeah, Um, By the way, one other thing that was in that speech, there was a lot of problems in that speech. I'm focusing on the racist part. But one of the other things he also joked about, halfway joked about, is that uh, he got a little nervous when his young daughter pretended to pass out sacraments during a service. And the joke there is like, (laughs) a little girl was pretending to be a priest. Oh, my God. Oh, can women still not be priests? Yeah, no. Oh, boy. So, uh, good times <coughs> were had by all. Sorry, I had to get up for a second because my dog lost her toy under her bed Aww. and couldn't find it like an idiot. <laughs> uh, I'm going to move to a different story. This one's out of Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, we've talked before about those elective Bible classes in public schools. Yeah, They're yeah. like Bible in history, Bible in literature. Yeah. And on the surface... That were pro in theory. Yeah, in (laughs) theory... Almost always in practice. In theory, those are not necessarily bad classes because the Bible... If you want to talk about how uh, 
the Bible is an illusion that a lot of classic literary works mm-hmm. make references to. An allusion, not an illusion. Allusion. Listeners, yeah, no, don't be confused. Sorry, that's what I thought I said. <laughs> no, um, no, you probably did, but I just want to be clear. <laughs> uh, so if you want to understand a lot of works of literature, it helps to know the Bible sure. stories. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, if you weren't raised with them, it you really do want to know what yeah. it is because so many people, places, shows, books make references As to I've it. said before, I had to read parts of the Bible in my lit class in college yes. at Ball State University, which is not a, a Christian right. university. It's part of the canon. you got to understand the stories yes. to understand so many other things. So there is a value to that sort of class if it is taught as literature. Mm-hmm. And assuming it's an elective class, you don't have to take it to graduate or anything. Sure, sure, sure. And all that. So... At this school outside Chattanooga, um, I guess it's a middle school they're offering this sort of class, but according to one mother who posted on Facebook this week, she has a Jewish daughter who has some issue that uh, prevented her from taking other electives during a certain time period in school, which meant this Bible class was the only one she could take. But that wasn't a problem because, again, learning about the Bible... right. Fine. And you said she's Jewish? That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. The, the mother is Jewish. I don't know how religious the daughter is, but yes, Jewish Regardless, family. Yeah. But the daughter comes home one day and basically says, like, this is getting worse. And the mom's like, tell me more. What's going on in this class? Mm-hmm. And basically on Facebook, this mother rattled off a string of what she believes, her, what her daughter said is happening in this class. Okay. There is some documentation because it's like the teacher said this in the syllabus. Well, we have a picture of the syllabus. The teacher said this on the homework and we have a copy of the homework. The teacher had like quizzes online okay. where they were like yes or no questions. And her daughter said like, uh, I think one of the questions was, I'm paraphrasing, uh, if you are non-Christian, uh, you have to know what the Bible says. And the daughter said, well, that's false. You don't have to know you what the Bible don't says. Have to do and that. the right answer was true. It's like, uh, uh, but also that's not a really a true or false question. We could talk. Opinion. That's an opinion. That's right. some like, bu- like Sunday school bullshit of yeah. like true or false. And then it's like just subjective. So anyway, this, t- uh, this mother posts this on Facebook. She yeah. does a follow-up post where she's like, some of you... Listen, I understand if you don't believe me here, Uh because it does get worse, but also here's some documentation I have for you, and I'm going to try to tell you my daughter wouldn't lie to me about this sort of thing. Whether you want to believe her or not is a different story. Americans United for Separation of Church and State has also now weighed in on this by sending a letter to the district saying the things you're doing in this class have crossed a line. Um, And we want to know more about what you're doing about this. And I want to read you some of the allegations. AU is making. I want to say, just before you get into it, this is a really interesting situation to me because I feel like oftentimes when these sorts of um, cases come up, and they do pretty frequently, right? Like a high school student comes home and says, my teacher made me pray, blah, blah, blah. Right. This is very different if we have like documentation right. of the syllabus and that it's not my word versus your word. It's here is what you gave me. Yes. Do we think this is there appropriate? Is, so and there's one allegation that... There is no documentation for, and it's the most damning of them all. I'll get to it. Is this the West Virginia story? No. Okay. Uh, There is one major allegation. Mm -hmm. We don't know it for a fact, and the mother even said, like, look, I know why you wouldn't believe me about this one, but here's the rest of it, and maybe that'll give me some credibility here Mm -hmm. with you. But this is East Hamilton Middle School. This is in Tennessee, uh, I think just outside Chattanooga. But anyway, here's what AU says happened. The homework questions imply that the Bible is literally true. So, for example, questions are... The number of days of creation is blank. And it's seven like if you seven? assume okay. God's resting counts as a day. But like it doesn't say 
conservative Christians or biblical According literalists to, believe yeah. that, okay, no, it says the number of days So this of person is there. fully just like using her interpretation of the Bible, not using it yes. as a work of literature. Yeah. Another question. How many days did it rain while Noah, his family, and the animals were in the ark? Is that 40 days? No, no, no. That's, that's correct. Oh, is it? But also, also that's, Jesus. that's not saying how many days do Christians believe? No, it says, no, how many days was it as can if it's fact? Can I push back on this yeah. a tiny yeah. bit? If I am writing an, like, if I'm writing a test about a wrinkle in time, which I know didn't happen, I wouldn't say, what did Madeline Lingle say Meg said to Mrs. Who's it? Or, you know, Mrs. What's it? I would say, what did Meg say to right. Mrs. Witch? I, I agree with you. Okay. Um, so if that was the only thing we were talking about, we could chalk it up to, you know, you awkwardly worded this thing. Yeah. We should fix that. There's no real issue there. Okay. Uh-huh. But now when you add it up with all these other things sure, happening, sure, sure. the students were told by the teacher, uh, the Bible was quote, uh, was written by quote, prophets who were directly spoken to by God. Uh-oh. As if that were fact, okay. which is not mm. even See, that's like, different. accurate. <laughs> Like that is different. I would never. <laughs> it was put together by random dudes like right, hundreds of right. years after Jesus. Um, students were told to transcribe Bible verses that had to do with like Jesus and God. And honestly, they have it's like John three sixteen. God loved the world. Yeah. What? There's one thing to say. These are famous verses you should know. Versus yeah. just write them down because they're important. There's no. I, I don't understand the educational value of that one. I just like. Maybe it's just my lit major kicking in, but like this could be so interesting and cool. Yes. Give them a book. Go find all the biblical passages you can in this book or this movie or whatever. Like find out where it is and you're like, this could be a really cool class. It's so disappointing to me just as like an English dork. (laughs) Here's another one. This is where it gets worse. Worse. The students were shown a video from uh, Uh, a nonprofit group called Bible Project, one Uh word. Um, basically their goal on their website, it says we're here to bring you to Christianity. Cool. So it's fine if it's a Sunday school doing it. I mean, it's legal if it's a Sunday school doing it, but their videos are clearly aimed to convert you. Sure. And in fact, according to the AU letter, there is a screenshot in that movie where it shows like people with a cross as a a fork in the road. And on one side, this is the AU letter, we Uh see a forked road with Christianity depicted as one fork represented by light and sunshine and color and all other religions on the other fork represented by storms, shadows, and darkness. That's a video the kids were shown Brother. in class. Uh, according to in the a mother. public school. Yes. Um, the teacher also apparently told students that an atheist took a Bible study class in order to prove the Bible wrong, oh, but, no. quote, came away believing that the content of the class was the truth. And that student was Albert Einstein. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a plot for God's Not Dead. Yeah. Uh, but it was treated as fact, according to the student. And Jesus the implication Christ. was that, you know, if you do well in this class, you will become a Christian. And here's the most damning thing. Uh-oh. And the details get a little sketchy here, but according to the student who told her mother, the teacher wrote like Y W uh, W whatever. What would Jesus uh, do? Yeah, Y H W H. Oh, which 
is described as Yahweh, uh-huh. which Jewish people don't say. Uh-huh. Devout Jewish people don't say that word because you're not supposed to say God's actual name. Yeah. Did you so say when, Y-H-W-H? Is that how yeah, it's spelled? Yeah. I never knew in, that. In the translation, uh-huh. uh, don't ask me about the specifics, no, but basically we pronounce it Yahweh, mm-hmm. and Jewish people don't say it because you're not supposed to say God's name. So right. if you ever read their writing, mm-hmm. they don't write out God. Mm-hmm. They write G-D because right. they don't want to say God's mm-hmm. name. Okay, whatever. That's your religious quirk. But of According to the student, the teacher wrote the four letters, I think, on the board and basically said, and this is a quote from the mother, if you want to know how to torture a Jew, make them say this out loud. So. Torture a Jew? That's the quote the teacher allegedly said, which... How can you prove she said that? No, there's no recording of it. When you add it with everything else happening, it's weird. You can't say torture a Jew. You just cannot. To, to middle school students. I thought this was high school, Hammond. Middle school. Holy yeah. shit, that's fucked. Yeah. So now, uh, I should tell you, by the way, if you're, if you're wondering, what are this teacher's credentials? Oh. Her credentials are, uh, I believe she has a bachelor's in religion from college oh. and a master's in divinity. And <gasps> as far as I could see from her own bio, not a teaching certification. <laughs> what state um, was this? This is Tennessee. Oh, well, that actually. <laughs> oh, here was another issue that the mother brought up, which wasn't religion related, Tell but me. she had the syllabus to back it up. The syllabus uh, basically says students can't, like the teacher has a right to tell kids they can't go to the bathroom. Uh, And also if they do go, they're limited to two to three minutes, which again, listen, I've been in the classroom. I know there are students who might abuse that privilege. Yeah, of course. But also you don't have any business saying, no, you can't go if you tell me you need to go. That's a weird thing to do. Boy, oh boy. Um, That's fucked. The mother said students were expected like early on in the class to know all 60 books of the Christian Bible in order which, again, serves no useful purpose. And she actually equated it, the mother did, to having to memorize the first 60 digits of pi in math. I was thinking... Could you do it? Yeah. Have people done it before? Sure. Does it have any actual value in class? No, it doesn't. I say that as a former math teacher. I have a question. Uh Um, In AP U.S. history, which I was not in, not to brag, um, they all had to memorize all of the presidents in order. Do you think this is more or less valuable than knowing all of the books, Genesis to Revelations? (laughs) Fucking nailed it, Mikey. Did you see that, baby? It's Revelation. Sorry. You lose. Um, Mikey's making a sandwich. No, I mean, at least the presidents, again... Knowing the order for the sake of knowing their order, not helpful. Knowing some certain milestones along the way, mm-hmm. maybe I could make that argument. But there again, if it's something you can easily reference, I this is the least of my concerns. It's just like, <laughs> what do you what do you want them to do here? Because if the goal is to educate them about mm-hmm. the Bible and its influence, and again, the literary merit of all that it, stuff, yeah. there are things you could be asking the students to sure. do. This is not on the list. But also, here's a question that I'm trying to figure out. Okay. We only know about this because this mother spoke out this past week, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe this has been going on for a couple of weeks where she's been trying to get the word out. Mm-hmm. It's only now that it's getting any coverage. Yeah. Had she not spoken up, at what point would the school have done anything about this? Zero because point. apparently this teacher has been doing this, I would assume, for a while without right. anyone stopping her. It's not like she's a brand new teacher, to my knowledge. Right. Um, the school says, I should point out, school says we are investigating this. I don't know what that means. We'll see what happens. 
But, I mean, had the mother not spoken out, mm-hmm. the teacher would have kept doing this stuff. Oh, yeah. And for now, she still is. Who knows? Do you remember that terrible show, Toddlers and Tiaras? Yes. The only thing I remember about it is one of the little girl's talents was saying all the biblical, all the books in a row. And I was like, 24, 25, when it was on, I was like... This is a thing people can do and want to do and are <laughs> excited to do and want to put on TV. Is this interesting? Right. Is this good and c- in- compelling content to watch a little kid go, Deuteronomy is Mark. Mark? Yeah. No, oh, I sure. <laughs> Acts. That's a book. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, Genesis, anyway, I said already. I'm going to move on because huh? this Job. segment. Job. Thank you. Is did, that I say, did I say Deuteronomy? Because no. that one's from Cats. I'm going to move on. <laughs> so, since you brought it up, let's talk about West Virginia. Yes. Okay, okay. so this is the one I've been seeing and I didn't look into because I wanted okay. you to tell it to me. Sure. Like a story. Here's the thing about Christian preachers. When they do something illegal, mm-hmm. it, they can't help but like brag about it Love publicly. That shit. So, uh, last... It's very narcissistic of them. Last week, Nick Walker Ministries posted this on Facebook. What a morning. Mm. We just got back from Boyd County High School and Huntington High School where uh, right at 50 students gave their lives to Jesus at their voluntary club meetings. I expect to see these students and many others tonight for the final service of the week at some church. Dot, dot, Did you dot. say Huntington? Huntington. Oh, High interesting. School. Why is that interesting? Oh, because the McElroys, the who are like a podcasting dynasty, uh-huh. are from there, and they're very, very liberal. Uh. And Justin and Sydney still live there, and are like they have. There's like a McElroy Brothers Day or whatever. Like Huntington, West Virginia, loves the McElroys, and the McElroys are very liberal gentlemen. So I'm very interested to see if there's going to be any. Okay. A- um, a couple like the next day. Nick Walker Ministries posts a different thing on Facebook that Mm -hmm. says the gospel was preached in Spring Valley High School this morning at a voluntary assembly. 55 students left declaring Jesus as Lord. Voluntary assembly? Yeah, so this is where it gets weird because it's one thing to say we visited this school during like a Bible club Uh after school and I don't know why you would need to be converted if you're already a member of Bible club, but okay. Yeah, I do wonder how many of those 50 students were like, grew up Christian and they're like, yeah, just found him, he's cool. (laughs) And they put a tally mark for themselves anyway. Yeah. But basically, it's like voluntary assembly. Really? In the middle of a school day, this preacher just went to a public high school and there was a voluntary assembly in the middle of the day? I don't remember a ton about high school because I blocked it out. (laughs) Uh, But I don't think there was anything I did that was voluntary. I think everything (laughs) I did was mandatory. Yeah, like, first of all, public schools don't usually host a ton of voluntary assemblies. But secondly... In the middle of the day. Definitely not for a minister who's like, I want to preach and convert some kids. Can I have some time in the gym today? And they're like, sure, (laughs) We'll pull out the bleachers. Yeah, you want to skip math class? Go get converted. (laughs) It's voluntary. It's voluntary. So either go to algebra or go sit in a hot, sweaty gym. It'll be terrible either way. But here's the next shoe Boo to drop. Algebra, that's what I said. <laughs> here's the next shoe to drop. According yeah. to like local news stations, this thing wasn't voluntary. There was an assembly during the day. What? At, uh, this is specifically at Huntington High School, not the other ones mentioned. Uh-huh. But according to students there, our teacher said we had to go to this assembly. Mm. Um, according to one parent, when I talked to my son, he said there was no list Uh, given to him at any time. No one asked him if he wanted to participate or sign any forms or anything. Uh Um, And the school district really quickly, uh, they said it was a mistake. 
They said, of course, as soon as we heard about the situation, we did make the changes that we had to make. Unfortunately, the teachers made a mistake in this case in taking the students and taking them to that as part of a requirement. It was a mistake, dot, dot, dot. We hope that it will never happen again. Mm -hmm. So the school seems to be saying... Yeah, there were a couple teachers that took their classes to this assembly, and that was wrong. But also that just opens the door to other questions like, why was the school hosting this event during the day? Mm -hmm. Because that's not allowed. Mm -hmm. And also, why would you allow kids to leave a real class to go to a ministry thing? That's weird, too. Oh, Um, boy. And by the way, there was video taken of this like that's right. Assembly. Student took the picture, student right? Took I saw videos, that. Okay, and it was clearly like a revival yeah, service. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't a dude giving a motivational story, and he happens to be from a Christian ministry, right? This was a revival service. Like, there's no reason that should have been in the school during the daytime. Jesus. Um, and by the way, one of the kids who said my teacher made me go to this, he's like, this wasn't a mistake. Mm-hmm. He said his teachers referred to Nick Walker as a guest speaker mm-hmm. with no mention of his religious affiliation, mm. which if you're a student, it's like, all right, I'll go to that. Fine. Also, you have to because you're a child. Uh. And according to, to the same student, teachers knew damn well what was going on because they <laughs> signed up students who supposedly, quote, needed it, including Jewish students. <gasps> They were told if they left the assembly, it could result in a suspension. So all of this, again, how Who much... Did? Wait, you're moving on too fast Sorry. from needed There's a lot it? of... Cr- needed that it. Is, that made me ill. That is yeah. a fucked thing to say about your fucking students. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So a school official Ooh. now, again, they're trying to tamper this down before it gets worse. They yeah. said, yeah. okay, this assembly happened, but it happened during a period of school that was is known as Compass, but it's non-instructional time. Oh, sure. So some public schools do this. They have some time in school where kids can meet with teachers, uh-huh. uh, go to get tutored. Yeah. All of that's fine. Uh, meet with your counselor, whatever mm. it is. So it's non-instructional time. Sure. So it's like they're not skipping class. To attend the revival. Yeah, that, that was, that was what I was concerned about school. Yeah. <laughs> I was concerned that they missed lit. So that brings us to another student. Uh, his name is Max, I think, uh, Max uh, Nybert. Mm-hmm. Siebert. Am I wrong? Sorry. Max Nybert. Um, he's a senior at Huntington High School, and he basically sent uh, posted a letter on Facebook, open letter, and he said... If a revivalist Christian sermon can be held for students during the compass period, Mm -hmm. uh, we claim the absolute ability to protest the violation of our rights that accompanied Mm -hmm. the sermon during the same apparently pointless period. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he basically staged a walkout and he said on a certain day this week, we're all going to just walk out of school during that period since our school says, well, it's not an important instructional time. Anyway... And they a, did a, a kid organized this. A kid organized Good for him. that. Um, and by the way, I should say the Freedom from Religion Foundation, and I think an, another group as well, sent a letter to the district saying, "Tell us what the hell is going on here, because you can't do all this." Uh-huh. The district should also consider reprimanding those staff members involved with allowing this school-sponsored religious worship service to take place. Uh-huh. They filed an open records request to figure out how the hell did this guy get in the building. Good. Um, 
Yeah, all that. Like stuff. get in the building is in who invited him yes. or like who allowed who invited him, him in. who gave him the the go ahead sure. to have his revival service I mean, the, during the day. Do you know? Do you know what it takes for a school district to approve a uh, in school speaker? Like I, just as somebody who used to work yeah, in a school, I, it's different for everyone. But uh-huh. it's is the space available? Who's sponsoring you? Is there an academic reason for this? Uh-huh. I, I think if if a teacher says I check and check off all those boxes, okay. And I don't know if it's different now because of COVID or because of well, other yeah. things. But oh, in God, general, I didn't even think of COVID. Yeah, bringing in, in, in a general, random dude. In general, if you can meet some requirements, like the school, depending on their policies, sure. could allow it. Okay. But again, very different from saying, "Here's a Christian preacher who wants to convert kids." Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, addendum to all of this, it's like Nick Walker Ministries just sounds like some random preacher dude. Uh-huh. I think we have talked about Nick Walker on this show before because. Uh, sometime last year, this guy went on a YouTube channel for another evangelist and said, I have proof that a miracle happened because oh he went to some place and they sent him pictures of a man whose bones healed. And he literally showed the x-rays of the dude. And he's like, look, this is the healed x-rays. I have proof that a miracle happened. And then as it turned out, those were pictures from an old research paper featuring four small Chinese children or something. (laughs) Like hardly one dude. (laughs) And there's only two options there. He just Googled broken bone. Either he deliberately lied and found a picture and passed it off. Or or he was conned. He's so stupid that someone sent this to him as proof. And he's like, well, there it is. I'm not going to do any more research. I'm done. This is proof of miracles. Is it stupidity or is it confirmation bias? Or all of the above. (laughs) Yeah. So good for the kids in West Virginia. If you go online right now and search Huntington or West Virginia Uh preacher dude, you will find pictures of that walkout. There were a lot of kids involved. There are a lot of great protest signs Very out there and again those kids are simply saying like oh you allowed this to happen this christian revival and then you're saying well it's okay because it happened when school's not really happening during a non-important time fine Which then we're gonna call a, you out on that i want to be clear a nothing argument it doesn't matter if it's like not <laughs> dur- like again i can't be clear enough i am not concerned that a kid is missing geometry i am concerned that kids are being preached to by Adults who are supposed to be taking care of them and not pushing their own bullshit onto them. Yeah. And like, doesn't... In the midst of a country that uh, of white people who are riled up by the prospect of teaching critical race theory because we're going to brainwash our kids, this is actually the problem that is happening. Yes. This is like, this is Christian, Christian panic 101. We have to panic over a really fake thing that is hypothetically may come and also may have a negative effect. We don't really know. Let's all focus on that while behind us, we're doing the exact same fucking thing, except for it's nefarious because we, A, know it's illegal, B, are doing it behind people's backs without permission, and C, aren't willing to defend that. Like, it's such bullshit because it's all projection. Everything the Christian right does is about projection. It's all, oh, oh you're going to come take our guns. No, you are the ones who want to come take all my fucking rights. Like this And books and, and books. whatever else. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the left is the one cancel culture. Y'all are burning <laughs> mouse. A book about the Holocaust. The fucking Holocaust. <laughs> is there anything that's sacred? Well, in the Catholic Church, baptisms come with the word I, and you can't use God. anything else. What are we doing? doing here what are what are their priorities 
It's Christian nationalism. It's Christian dominance. I know. I know. Don't at me. <laughs> I know what their priorities are. I just can't believe how nefarious they are. All right. I'm going to read you the opening. I haven't had caffeine in a week. Hemet <laughs> <laughs> brought me a latte and I'm flying. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to read you the opening of a really, really long New York Times article from one of their opinion writers, David Brooks. Oh, this isn't the one I retweet? Oh, no, no, uh, that was... I have no the- idea. <laughs> but here's the opening. Yeah. Uh, here's the gist of the article. The I'm sorry, gist, is this a yeah. new topic or is this yes, continuing? new topic. Okay, thank you. Um, his argument is there are a bunch of uh, right-wing Christians, not right-wing, evangelical Christians who are really same, same. troubled by oh. the Trump, uh, basically Trump taking over their religion. And I've read this article a million times since 2015. Why do I give a <laughs> shit what he has to say? Right. This is a very long one. And he profiled a number of the quote unquote dissenters trying to salvage their faith. But let me tell you how he opens this piece. Uh, think of your 12 closest friends. These are the people you vacation with. Talk about your problems with. Name them. Nope. <laughs> nope. I can't get to 12. <laughs> Talk about your problems with, do life with in Uh the most intimate and meaningful ways. Now imagine if six of those people suddenly took a political or public position you found utterly vile. Now imagine learning that those six people think that your position is utterly vile. We all would suddenly You would suddenly realize that the people you thought you knew best and cared about most had actually been total strangers all along. You would feel disoriented, disturbed, unmoored. Your life would change. I'm sorry. Is this a story about a man who is just discovering what it's like to be a human liberal woman in the world? What the fuck are you talking about, sir? Also, I want you to think about that number, 6 out of 12, because we're going to come back to that in a second. uh, Okay, so he's saying that obviously 80% roughly of white evangelical Christians voted for Donald Trump in Mm -hmm. 2016 and then continued to vote for Donald Trump in 2020. In higher numbers, I believe. Uh, Slightly higher, though, because of COVID, it was really hard to get really reliable numbers there. Uh But he says, like, yeah, if you go to a lot of these white Christian churches these days, it's very much a MAGA uh, priority Mm -hmm. over any of the Jesus stuff, which we've been saying for a long time. Right. Um, even before Trump, it was that taking that bend. Um, so he, uh, David Brooks, basically says, here's Russell Moore, a former Southern Baptist Convention leader who basically got pushed out because he was willing to say Trump is not a great dude. Mm-hmm. He talks about Marvin Olasky, the former editor of the Christian publication World Magazine, who basically had to resign because he was calling out Christian nationalism and some of the worst actors in that sense. Mm -hmm. He profiles Karen Swallow Pryor, a Liberty University professor who is no longer with Liberty, Mm. who was kind of the token liberal, and I use that word very loosely, um, (laughs) at Liberty's campus. And he's basically saying these people, like, they feel like their religion, their conservative religion has been stripped out from under them and dominated by Trump. And he's saying these dissenters are trying to rescue the faith. Okay, here is the problem with all of this. And like you said, yeah, we've seen versions of this article for a long time. But the thing that bothered me is many of these white evangelicals that he is highlighting as, and he uses the word dissenters, Mm -hmm. they are part of the problem. And he never acknowledges that anywhere in the article. I'll give you specific examples here. Um, Like, and I don't understand how any of these dissenters could be surprised sure. that their people were like now Trumpists when they've been pushing this stuff forever. I mean, it's the whole 
what's it cat cats who eat faces or whatever yeah the things. leopards Lepe- ate my Le- face. face eating leopards and so he said six out of 12 of your friends have taken this weird turn first of all it's not six out of 12 it was 80 yeah. percent we're talking like nine or ten out of 12 and also it's not a surprise because mm-hmm. they've been like this all along so his entire anecdote to, to his analogy to hook you is just flawed to yeah, I begin mean, with truly i i think what is happening here that it's trickled up to and what's this guy's position tell me again david like, brooks yeah oh, oh he's david a, brooks. a columnist oh, yeah, for yeah. the new york times um so then it's trickled all the way up to david brooks like this is the thing that a lot of us have learned over the last five years or seven years or however you want to gauge this sort of like trump era of our lives um is that I, we all did this five years ago. We were all like, oh, I thought my uncle was sort of a dick, but oh my God, he's an actual evil asshole. We've all been doing this. And if it took you until the year of our Lord, <laughs> 2022, yeah. February of 2022, to be like, huh, I feel like we've really lost sight of our goals. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, bud. We all figured this out in fucking 2016. Wake up. By the way, for all their supposed dissent, how, here's what, I was looking for this in the article. I did not see it. How many of them voted for Joe Biden in 2020? None. Because they were like, you know what? This is too much. I can't handle I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. How many I, of them voted anything, for Hillary Clinton in 2016 when it was I, obvious to all of us how bad Trump was? Yeah. How many of them pledged to vote for Democrats in the future because they agree the Republican Party has taken this thing like too far? How many of them are holding their representatives accountable yeah. for not allowing government to work as it's supposed to in the name of this Christian nationalism? Mm-hmm. Who Were they there when Mitch McConnell was like, no, we're not going to put another person on the bench in 2016? Yeah. Where were they then? Right. That these, was the first fucking domino to fall. These dissenters, quote unquote, these are people who would still rather see abortion banned by the Supreme yep. Court than Republicans, uh, the Supreme Court that Republicans rigged right. to their advantage. They still want to see LGBTQ people have yep. fewer rights than uh, than allow like They just want everybody to be a little more quiet about it. <laughs> you guys are being too mean. If we're going right. to discriminate against you people, we need to do it with a, pa- a condescending pat on the head, not a kick in the ass. They don't want like t- faith-based, taxpayer-funded groups to have to play by the same rules as everyone else. Of course. they st- uh, Many of them fight for in-person, crowded, maskless church services instead of dealing with sensible COVID restrictions right. when the pandemic began. So they, these are not brave voices right. of reason. They're mostly like not naive believers who refuse to admit that they are part of the problem. Like they might be never Trumpers, but there's no, these are all still people who think George W. Bush was a good president. I was just about to say, you can't say never Trumper as if every other Republican uh, president has been even remotely good or moral. Yeah. Karen Swallow Pryor, the Liberty professor who's no longer at Liberty, uh just a few months ago, she wrote an article in the New York Times, like an opinion piece saying the Texas abortion bounty law mm-hmm. might be flawed, but it's still a good idea. What? That's, that's Somebody has a horribly disgusting idea about what's appropriate. I, I will not hear it. Four words, literally in her article. Far from perfect, but that's in her article. She's Far quoted, from perfect meaning the bounty law yes, that would allow yes. somebody who knows somebody else got an abortion to call the cops and say, I know this person just got an abortion. Go arrest them and give me $10,000 or whatever. Yes, yes. That, which flaw? Far which flaw? from perfect. Which flaw do you think she's yeah. finding there? I don't know, but she's listed as a dissenter. Sure. To the crazy evangelicals. Sure. Um, the piece quotes uh, Tim Dalrymple, who's the president of Christianity Today, 
as this supposed vanguard against Trumpism, Christianity Today, which I know gets respect even among evangelicals and outside evangelical circles, it's a publication that, as far as I know, is still on board with this. They believe committed gay and lesbian couples are, quote, destructive to society. Mm, They published that in an editorial. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, Dalrymple stands by that. Mm -hmm. This guy is supposedly a dissenter. Russell Moore rightly called for Trump to resign. He said if he were in Congress, he would have voted for Trump's second impeachment uh, uh, concerning the insurrection. This is the guy who left the Southern Baptists because of their racism and sexual abuse. So I get why they would go to him as a supposed dissenter. Um, But Russell Moore, still anti-LGBTQ rights. He Mm -hmm. still thinks women should be forced to give birth against their will. Mm -hmm. He still defends pro-Trump Christians who voted their conscience, Mm -hmm. his words, as if their support for Trump was guided by, like, policy issues. Um, He also joined a church after leaving the Southern Baptists that signed off on the Nashville Statement, which is like an anti-LGBTQ document, and that also says only qualified men can hold leadership roles. What? This is Russell Moore. Like, I get why they think he's never Trump, but like, other than Trump himself, he holds all like 95% of the same positions. (sighs) My point is, these are not heroes. These are apples who are in the same orchard and you're like saying, well, look at all these rotten apples around me. Dude, you're still there. <laughs> you're not helping. Aye, aye, aye. And yet, Brooks said in his article, these people are, quote, leading the evangelical renewal. A renewal of what? Like you said, like a nicer way to yeah. say you don't have rights, you mm-hmm. shouldn't have rights, and you should be forced their to Their problem convert. isn't the message. Their problem isn't the message. Their problem is the messaging. Mm-hmm. You can say despicable things, but you have to wrap it up in a really pretty package. I have the same feeling when I hear people praising like Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger because they're part of the, the January 6th committee <sighs> and they've been calling out bad behavior. It's like... Yeah, Kinziger is against voting rights. Liz Cheney right. is Liz Cheney. Yeah. These are Her not dad your, is Dick Cheney. Let these, us never forget. These are not your heroes. Yeah. yeah, they're right on this particular point. But on everything else, they're really, really horrible. And if our Congress was full of people like them, we would still be in a horrible place. Yes. It, oh, boy. I don't know. I don't. Like the we're, we're best thinking, people in a crowd of awful people right. are not your heroes. I just can't. They're just dis- better than the I, I almost, we've had this conversation 12 billion times about like somebody on the right or some Christian or whatever does something minorly not miserable and like admits something or holds themselves accountable. And we always, you and I always come to it of like, do we give them credit for doing something or do we say, fuck you? Like the bare minimum is nothing. Yeah. So this is, I think another thing. And I, I mean, listen, I am not here to like you know, pin stars on Liz Cheney, but like, she's doing something. <laughs> like I, ha- I and feel that's, like I have and to that's give what her, you like, do. You acknowledge the right things they do. Yeah, but it would be it would be malpractice to say, "Yep, she's all good." No, you have to give it this in context. <laughs> she's wrong about everything, but on this particular one, she happens to be right. Yeah. That's the yeah. way it should always be framed. Like, good on her for being right on this one issue. Right. Let's also not forget she's wrong about everything right. else. I want to say I'm not, I am not saying I feel sorry for Liz Cheney or anything. However. I am not envious of her position at present because she is so far right. Nobody on the on the left is going to like want anything to do with her long term. 
But the people on the far right are like, oh, you're too liberal for us. So she is literally in this like... I feel none of the sympathy that... No, I know, but she just lives in this like no man land of... And the next... And and I go back to whose fault is that? Oh, it's hers. It's It's her her fault. 100% it's It's hers. I am not... But, People but, like her allowed this sort of, of hate course, to thrive. Of course she did. And these Christians in this article, again, these are all people who are like, I want to, I'm not directly, I'm making this up, but like, it's like saying I want to go back to the good old days in the 1950 100%. when things were normal. It's like, it wasn't, first of all, that didn't exist. Yeah. But two, it wasn't good for a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And you seem to think it's this... Eden. No, it's the thing of, oh, we need to go back to the 1950s, the way people are like, oh, in a past life, I was a queen. Like, no, you're probably a peasant. Everything was terrible <laughs> for almost everybody for a very, very, very yeah. long time. And these Christians Don't be nostalgic like, about it. Like, evang- as if evangelical Christianity was ruined because of Trump. Like, buddy, where were you for Oof. the past 20, 30 years? Hoopa these were doofa. Yeah, white evangelicals supported segregation until they couldn't mm-hmm. anymore. They're still anti all these things. Mm-hmm. What exactly do you want to go back to that you're very nostalgic for because I, it wasn't good. No, Trump is worse than nos- a lot of this, but it wasn't good. What they are nostalgic for specifically is people like them being able to do whatever they want and nobody can say shit. They're still, to be clear, they're still doing whatever the fuck they want, but now they have a spotlight and people can see them and call them out on it and they don't like that. Oh. Can so I So talk- I did not enjoy that. Article. Yeah. Can I talk quickly about um, the tweet i sent recently that was it kind of popped off but i just want to talk about um so have you ever heard of uh, melanie phillips before this so i looked her up when i when i saw this tweet or saw this article that she wrote and she's a a british conservative opinion person i cannot think of (laughs) but you repeat yourself yeah (laughs) um and she posted that i just saw the the um the headline, and I try reached out to heaven to see if I could see the whole thing, but it was behind a paywall, and I'm not paying for that. Um, it's from the Times from the UK, and the headline is from Melanie Phillips, a grown-ass adult, seeing tattoos makes me physically sick. Subtitle, Ubiquity of Body Art is Born Out of an Existential Crisis of Humanity in the Post-Religious World. This is from, this was published on Monday, the 7th of the year 2022. Uh-huh. The Times published this article, and all I am begging from conservatives around the world is if this is you, if seeing gay people makes you feel physically sick, if seeing trans people makes you physically sick, if seeing tattoos makes you physically sick, you have to know the problems with you and not the rest of the world, right? You You simply have to. Like, I am (laughs) just begging people who think like this, who are like, oh my God, Everything's terrible because Jess has green hair. Please talk to somebody about your personal issues. The asking the rest of the world to stop doing something because it irks you is next level sociopathic narcissistic behavior and it's shocking. And the Times published that headline. That's the end of my rant. How dare you participate in cancel culture? <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ.
Christ. So we're going to Physically Missouri. Sick. I think this is one of the ones you missed while you were gone because okay. it happened a, a little, a few days ago. Anyway, okay. uh, Governor Mike Parson of Missouri, okay. a Republican governor, recently nominated someone to lead his Department of Health and Senior Services. Uh-oh. Important position. Uh-huh. So he nominates a conservative. His name is Obviously. Don Coweroff. And basically, this is a guy who is against COVID vaccine mandates. Obviously. He's against mask mandates. Mm-hmm. He's against abortion rights. And the Republicans in the state legislature killed off the nomination because mm. they're like, this guy's not conservative enough. Oh, boy. So that's a separate issue. But basically, the nomination did not work. Huh. So Parsons had to nominate somebody else. Um, he's going to do that soon, I assume, if he hasn't already. But uh-huh. here's the thing. A Parson goes on Twitter and he basically says, uh, the Republicans in my own legislature dismissed my nomination for being not conservative enough. And Uh he's like, how dare you suggest I am not conservative enough or that I would have nominated someone who wasn't sufficiently conservative. Uh And I'm going to read you two tweets here in succession. Don is a public health expert that is on record opposing masking requirements and COVID-19 vaccine mandates. This, cool. this is a good thing he says. Uh-huh. He is outspokenly he is outspokenly pro-life and morally opposed to abortion. And then next week, Missourians know that I share these beliefs and would not have nominated someone who does not share the same Christian values. Mm. Uh, dot dot dot. The implication there is that he would only nominate someone who shares his Christian faith. I mean, the worst, the, the, I mean, if I'm him, the best case interpretation of that Mm -hmm. is, no, I said Christian values, which is like Mm anti-abortion, but he didn't say conservative values. He said Christian values, which really does suggest a, like, I would never nominate a Jewish person. No atheist. I think there is like one Muslim, maybe somewhere at a low level in mm-hmm. his administration. Wow. And his side responded by like, look, we got one. Yeah. It's like, like a United Colors of Benetton I, ad in there. Just imagine. Ooh, that if was an old reference. I'm really old. sorry, old Imagine people. if any other governor yeah. has ever said that sort of thing about any non-Christian yeah. religion. Uh, the Freedom From Religion Foundation is demanding an apology. They're Good. not going to get it. Obviously. Uh, but uh, one of the uh, Republican state house members... Uh, said, I'm curious, Governor, he's a Republican, by the way, I'm curious, Governor, is this a standard you traditionally use? Because Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution strictly prohibits a religious test as a qualification for any public uh, office Uh or trust. Considering that, I must then ask the question, would someone who is Jewish, such as myself, be considered for nomination? Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's like they figured out the rot in their own parties. (laughs) Um, and Parsons' office later said, you guys, we don't have a Christian-only rule, mm-hmm. even though... Oh, he said, just because an appointee happens to possess values that align with the governor's Christian faith doesn't mean that he requires them to adhere to his religion. Oh, boy. Which is why he said Christian faith. I don't get it. <sighs> um, let me just get to a couple other stories. This one, I think, happened while you were gone, and my first thought was, you need to hear this if you haven't already. Okay. So, Wait, let me say goodbye to the yeah. peace of mind I had on vacation. Nope, it's gone. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> 
There is a Michigan Republican who's running for governor. There's a lot of Republicans running for governor in Michigan to mm-hmm. unseat Gretchen Whitmer. This guy's name is Garrett Soldano. He's a chiropractor who's never run for public office before. Uh-huh. All right. So he appeared on one of those like super right wing Fox News is too liberal for us type of uh, uh-huh. YouTube shows. And he argued that uh, he was asked about his stance on abortion. And Uh what he said is uh, he was trying to talk about how he has no exceptions for rape uh, in his view of what we should do about abortion. And here's what he said. How many times do you think he's been raped? Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, His question. Here's the thing he said. How about we start inspiring women in the culture to let them understand and know how heroic they are? No. And how unbelievable that they are that God put them in this moment and they don't know that little baby inside them may be the next president. No. May that next person that changes uh, humanity may get us out of the situation. Maybe in the future. We don't know that. Maybe Hitler. Maybe John Wayne Gacy. Who knows? His argument is that if a woman is raped, then she should... Thank God for being in the situation because now she gets to be a hero. What's this guy's name and what is his address? <laughs> she gets Just to be a, a hero. Michigan. Michigan. She gets That's to be a close. hero because she's going to give birth to maybe the next president. I uh-huh. just want to point out, in none of this scenario is the woman herself considered to be the next That's president. That's I was wondering. <laughs> hmm. um, Do you think a teen pregnancy looks good on a, uh, a presidential ticket? Do you mm-hmm. think the right would have anything to say about that? Right. Do you think Do you think that if a woman was raped and got pregnant and had her kid and raised it out of wedlock and then went on to try to like do something with herself, do you think the Christian right would be like, wow, you got raped and you are so brave for raising that rapist's baby and your baby. Um, congratulations. Also, ew, you slut. You got pregnant as a right. teenager or whatever. Like, literally, this man can go jump so far up his own ass that he crawls out of his own fucking mouth. Thank you for that mental image. Yes. Uh, this is also from the same party that gave rise to Todd Aiken, who said if women are actually raped, legitimately raped, they have a way of shutting the it down. Thing down. Uh, some women, uh, I think recently some prominent Republicans said women are just host bodies. We talked about that on here. Um, uh, I think my favorite thing I read in the last five years that I think will haunt me for the rest of my life was some fucking article that a right-wing newspaper put out about, you know, women who are not planning on becoming pregnant and essential in, like, what you should do and, like, how much drink... If you unexpectedly become pregnant, what happens? Literally, the... You know what? I don't even think this is a conservative thing. I think this is just a regular fucking paper. Literally, their thing was, like, if you are a woman of possible birthing age, even if you're not having sex, don't drink too much or do drugs because you might harm a fetus that you might accidentally get pregnant with. So from the ages of 13 to, I don't know, 55, 60, I don't really know when you go through menopause, women, be careful because at any moment somebody might rape you and get you pregnant. And if that's the case, then you want to make sure that baby comes out healthy and strong. Maybe he'll become the next president (laughs) of the United States or she'll become a wonderful wife and mother to another rapist's baby. And so it continues on and on until we all fall into the sun. So this is what the Republican platform is now. Thank you for writing it. I 
was so happy like an hour ago. Oh, yeah. No. Why'd you invite me over? Uh, nobody knows That's for sure. That's your problem. <sighs> I have, okay. I'll leave you on a happy story. I think it's well, happy. I have Twitter. A, I have an unhappy story. That's do you fine. want me to do mine no, first? No. Okay. Save it. Okay. Save it. <laughs> uh, Twitter seems to be very excited about this story because right. here's the headline. None sentenced to prison after stealing $835,000 from a Catholic school to go gambling. Fuck yeah! <laughs> That's the reaction. Right. She's uh, the metal nun. <laughs> the Department of Justice issued this press release that basically said all that. And the story is... This uh, Mary Margaret Cooper, she was in charge of the bank accounts. She was, she's 80 years old. She was in charge of all the accounts for a small Catholic school. Uh, where was it? A South s- of Los Angeles. She was a principal for like 28 <laughs> years. And in 2008, because she like handles all the purse strings, the Department of Justice said, <laughs> starting in 2008, she basically skimmed a little money off the top all the time for herself to the tune of about $83,000 a year that no a one year. noticed. That no one noticed. Well, nuns can't lie. <laughs> Jesus will punch them. Um, as the DOJ put it, $83,000 a year is, quote, the equivalent of the tuition of 14 different students per year. <laughs> uh, by the way, during that stretch of time, her school lacked resources that the money was supposed to cover, including the cost of an awning outside the school and to pay for field trips for the students. No, like, that's awful. Yeah. I know. Um, and it goes on like they only found out about this because uh the school was hiring someone else to run the building, uh, to run the school. And so like they did an audit (laughs) and basically they found out, Oh, all this cash we were swimming in. There's a little less than we expected. So it's like, how, how did they not know that this woman was taking all this money? Well, Well, they they were like government oversight. So (laughs) they kept saying like, why are you going to Vegas so much? And she said, I'm quoting here. She has a rich uncle. <laughs> yeah, she does. Add a girl, sister Margaret. <laughs> and get this. Here's the kicker to all this. The prosecutor said because of what she did, she should face two years in prison. But? Which is, I don't know. Okay, two years in prison. The judge reduced it down to one year. And part of that is because, well, she's a nun. Oh. Yeah. And also she hadn't committed a crime before, even though this one's been going on <sighs> for like a decade. But just unearned trust because she was a religious leader and literally no one at the Catholic school even bothered to pay close close attention to the bank accounts here. So I'm definitely anti-white-collar crime. I think it needs to be taken more seriously. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I'm anti-stealing from students and schools. And yet... I think I'm her biggest fan. I, listen, this is the surprise reaction I saw on Twitter as well, where it's like, look at what this woman did. She stole from kids at the school she was running, and they're all like, go get yep. them. Yeah. Take that Honestly, money to Vegas. Listen, okay, the school couldn't get another awning, and the, 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 the field trip thing is not great. But when you just stack it in comparison to, like, I don't know, the 2008 financial crisis that tr- tanked our entire economy because people pulled this kind of shit and, like, unscrupulous practices like i don't know hard to get my dander up about it isn't it right oh boy uh there just while we're talking about harvard there was a professor named gary urton um the the news that his relative is that he finally got his emeritus um stripped of him because he got fired by harvard for 
harassing people over a long period of time. And apparently it just today or just this like week over two years or something. No, after no, no, this no, no, stuff no. became public news. Yes. So this stuff has been public news for a long time in 2020. They, uh, in June, 2020, 25 faculty, 400 and stu- 400 students said, Hey, he's been harassing me. Um, but Harvard until today was like, um, we don't know. We didn't know a tweet from 2022. I'm just going to read part of it. This woman who was his former graduate student, Said, got an email from him and said, I wonder if you'd be interested in something more intimate. Lunch is still on offer and be pleasant. But what if I got a hotel room and we got a bottle of wine and spent an afternoon conversation and exploration? There's more to it than that. But Harvard, this was tweeted in 2020. And Harvard was like, I don't know. We had no idea. How could anybody have ever (laughs) known he was doing this? Nobody told us. Nobody who would believe anyway. Anyway, um, I guess my always, my uh, like wrap up is believe women. For fucking once in your life, you monsters. I mean, we were just talking that there's another Harvard professor right now under fire because he uh, he was accused of other similar sexual harassment type mm-hmm. of stuff. But the thing that stands out is a whole bunch mm-hmm. of Harvard professors immediately signed a letter defending the dude. And like 24 hours later, when they're like, oh, oh, oh that's what he did. I retract that thing I blindly signed yesterday because my gut reaction right. was anyone attacking this man yeah. must be wrong. It's like somebody on the corner is asking you to sign a petition, yeah. not in, enforcing your shitty coworkers' terrible right. misdeeds. Um, are we done? I I have, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I want to plug before we take off, um, as, as soon as this is up, the episode of Will and Grace and Vodka that I'm on should also be available. <laughs> Um, it was a three hour recording session. I think it's down to like 45 minutes. So it's going to be real dense. (laughs) Um, it was a blast. It was so much fun to record. So I edit stuff. (laughs) She does. She edits a ton. And then she found out that we edit nothing and was shocked. That's why we all sound like lunatics all the time. Hemet refuses to edit anything we do. So we just have to roll (laughs) with things. Um, I wanted to thank also uh, those of you who came out to visit me and my husband in Missoula. Um, I forgot one person's name, so I'm not going to say anybody's name because I feel shitty about it. Um, sorry, I got like drunker than I meant to. The uh, <laughs> altitude got to me a a, a wee bit, but but uh-huh. thank you. It was a blast. Missoula is a fucking dope city. I recommend everybody go hang out there. Very nice. You can, uh, if you like the show, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Mm-hmm. You can read my stuff now at onlysky.media. Please check it out if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Hammond Met on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Jess Blumke on Twitter. If you need a cross stitch, I have nothing in the hopper, so now's a good time. Bitches get stitched done on Etsy. Order your Christmas presents now. Yeah, I can get ahead of the curve. Um, and then we're going to be right back with our bonus episode for those of you who are on uh, Patreon. So we'll talk to you guys in a sec. Bye.